With working women, how many things are you expected to do on a daily basis? It's impossible to do it all, yet we're asked to each day. Listen to hear how one high-wire woman, Rosanna Berardi, stays on the high wire while managing a busy law firm, a consulting business, teaching at a law school, parenting her 14-year-old son, and maintaining a happy and healthy marriage. Let Rosanna show you how to make sense of your life and stay on that high wire. All right. Hello, High Wire Woman. Today, I am here with a super interesting guest who has lots of similarities with myself. Today, I have Lauren Krasnodemski. Lauren is a lawyer, but also an advocate of women living their authentic lives. We are all sometimes bound by society's definition of what we should do and how our life should look. So welcome, Lauren. Thanks so much for having me. Great to have you here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What are you doing? Tell me the one minute story of your life. Yeah, so I have been born and raised in Columbus, Ohio, still reside here today, though I hope to move south with my family at some point. (laughs) And the one minute story of my life really is, you know, I had a great, great upbringing, awesome parents. My dad had like a traumatic event when I was about in fourth grade, he had a brain tumor. So he had to forgo his medical license, which was his passion. And I just kind of saw at an early age that, you know, something could be taken from you like very quickly and you needed to be prepared for life. And so I think unconsciously that did a lot of things to me that I I didn't kind of connect until later in life. But yeah, so I kind of went off to check a lot of boxes that a lot of us do. I got married to my high school sweetheart. We had two beautiful kids, bought a house that we turned into a home. I went to law school because again, I realized at a young age, well, I got to make a lot of money. I got to be prepared, (laughs) you know, so why not go to law school? You know, I didn't have any other desires to do anything else. So it just seemed like a good idea. And uh, I was really feel, I had a lot of leverage, right. For providing for my future family and then being prepared, right. For, for the future. And so a lot of people were shocked when I decided to go to law school because I had always struggled in school. I had dyslexia. I school did not come easy for me. And so to actually get through law school was a really big achievement for me. And I had low standardized tests, which, you know, all play a factor in kind of like your mental health of how you show up or I shouldn't be here. I'm not enough imposter syndrome. So based a lot of that uh, throughout my career, jumping around, I, I worked my way up to work for a fortune five company, which I do now as a full-time privacy attorney. And then, you know, I kind of reached, once I kind of hit that last financial checkbox that I mentally had in my head, I was like, you know, something doesn't really feel right here. (laughs) I feel like I should be a little bit happier. And so that kind of sent me on like a four-year inward quest with myself to kind of figure out, just had this underlying feeling that I was really meant for more, like loved being busy, loved being productive, but just things were not feeding my soul. And tell the listeners, I was researching your background last night and tell the listeners about your moment at Costco when you're like, "Mm, hmm, I do like Costco, but. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I'm a huge, God, God, I love Costco and and my credit card shows that. But yeah, I, I was driving home and I just, I was like, you know, this can't be my life. Like it just, everything felt like I was constantly on a hamster wheel going, 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 just seemed so routine, like, right. So I don't want to say mundane, but it was just like something was missing. Right. And I had this epiphany as I was driving home, like, 
this can't be it. <laughs> my, my, my Costco rooms can't be it. And, this can't um, be it, right? Yeah. And so shortly thereafter, you know, my mom had gifted my sister and I to go. It was Christmas time. And, you know, we had a, a lot of things. So she's like, let's go have an experience. We went to go see the passionate palmist all together. And this chick's like reading these lines on my hands. And, you know, she's like, you got a writer's fork. I was like, I am not a writer. I can't even write work emails without it taking an hour. Like this chick has no idea what she's talking about. And so she had stopped reading lines on my hands. And she's like, you know, what are you passionate about? And that point in my life, I was like, I don't even think I know what the word passion meant. I was just people pleasing, working all the time, doing all the things. And she's like, well, what do you like doing? And I was like, I guess I like drinking with my friends. Because <laughs> that's what I did to kind of relieve, you know, my stress and some of the anxiety that comes along with being a high wired woman. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> and I left that chick's house like really hot and bothered. Like, I don't want these to be my answers. <laughs> right. So yeah. I, I left her house and it kind of sent me on this like four year inward quest with myself to really discover like, what is it that I'm passionate about? What is it that I like doing? How did I not have these answers at 32 years old? <laughs> you know, successful mm -hmm. by definition from the outside, yet really not knowing myself. And so, yeah, I just, I started doing a number of things that really yielded some of those answers. I hired a life coach. I went on retreats. Again, you don't have to do this. I did, I did some journaling and just realizing what my patterns and habits were, really just like understanding myself to answer some of these questions. And that, that's kind of how the, the book came about after this four-year quest that I, that I had gone on. So I guess the palm reader really wasn't too far off in saying that books are in your future, right? Even though you're like, I'm not writing a book. So tell us how you made that leap. How did you go from hell no to, oh, I have a book now called Reclaim Your Power. Tell us about that journey. Yeah, so after I left the, I, I thought everything she told me was just full of <laughs> nothing made sense. And I crumbled off the piece of paper that she wrote all this stuff on and shoved it in a journal and completely forgot about it, to be honest, yeah. other, other than the question of what is it that you were passionate about? And what do you like doing? Well, fast forward four years later, when my passion found me, because I really believe that like, you don't find your passions and your purpose, they actually find you and they find you through the self discovery process. But oftentimes, we need to strengthen our mind to really get back in touch with our heart space. So I had signed up for a retreat after my passion found me. And one of the retreat requirements was like, hey, you need, you need a notebook or a journal. So I go up to my room, grab this journal that I hadn't used. And sure enough, here comes this piece of paper flying out of it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and at this point in time, when my passion had found me, I just all of a sudden started, I felt like a weight had been lifted from me where I was just constantly writing, like ideas would come to me and I would like write it. And so I started the Mind Muscle Motivator, an Instagram account where I would just daily, like I would be getting up at like 5am naturally, it was very odd. And I just all these words just kept coming to me. So I just started typing it and sharing it with the world. And after about, I don't know, a month or so of doing this, I just was like, I think I need to write a book. <laughs> to give others steps on ways that they can kind of reclaim their power, like their inner power and allow their passions and their true purpose to find them. And so that, that's how the book came about. And so when this piece of paper fell out of the journal, I was like, it all had, it all kind of came together and made sense. But if you were to tell me 
four years ago that I was going to write a book, I'd be like, you definitely have the wrong chick. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so funny. And, you know, a friend of mine said the other day, you know, the universe doesn't make mistakes. And like that stayed with me the last couple of days. And it's funny how something that seems so minute in your life, like you went to this palm reader, right? And she wrote this stuff and you put it in a journal and then it just fell out and kind of hit you in the head and really changed the trajectory of your life. And I think so many of us high wire women are stuck in these, you know, my life should look like this, right? Like we're all high achievers and we want to have perfect kids and we have to have date nights and look good and have plant-based meals. And, and it's like, really, do we have to do all of that? Right. And, you know, the worst offender of all of this is social media because people are only posting their positive, right? Like everything looks great. And you're like, Oh God, look at her. She looks amazing. I really need to stop eating carbs. (laughs) And we go down this downward spiral and it's so hard in our noisy, noisy world to be authentic and passionate because there's no room for it. Yeah. Especially in the modern woman's life, there is not a second for passion and second for thinking about, Hey, do I really, am I fulfilled every weekend by going to Costco. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? But so many of the things we do, we just do because they're part of our routine. Like, absolutely. And the same thing, like women drinking wine, like that's the cliche, like, oh, just give me wine, you know, but there are so many other things out there. And part of the reason I started High Wire Woman is to help women in business identify, okay, what are you doing that you don't want to do? And oh, by the way, there's this whole world out there that you can do things. We just need to turn off the noise and stop living by others' recipes for success because nine times out of 10, those recipes are a disaster, right? Because they're not authentic. So tell me a little bit about Reclaim Your Power. I know it's coming out soon. Tell me about why I should read it, what it's about, and I'm super excited to get my hands on it. Yeah, thank you. So it will be published in August, late August. I'm doing a pre-sale campaign now where you can kind of become a VIP Reclaim Your Power supporter where you'll get some extra perks like weekly motivation. I have like a gift basket, a human design reading and a virtual concert May 1st. But but really what the book is about is really kind of like what you said, like you should, like we think we always should be doing something. But what is it that you actually desire? And I, I didn't have those answers. Like if you, if you, I even asked myself that question, Lauren, if you, if you could do anything else right now, because money wasn't an issue or time wasn't an issue, whatever the case might be, what would you do? I didn't have an answer. And so sometimes it takes getting to know what we know ourselves to get to those answers. So the, the book really takes you on a four-year personal quest of mine. But then after each chapter, it's like, I give you tips and tools, whether it be through worksheets, journaling, prompts, or just questions that you can think about how you can kind of start to reclaim your power with wherever you are at. I was at a very cloudy state, a very overwhelmed state, a very anxious state when I started this quest. And so it starts there and and gradually kind of gets to a more grounded state. So I think a lot of the readers could probably find themselves somewhere along my journey and really 
try to understand that kind of when you surrender things, like you don't have to have a passion. You could be multi-passionate about something like you are, you know, like you love the immigration law, you love Mm -hmm. the podcasting and connecting with other women. You know, it doesn't have to be one thing. I think once I let go of the fact and surrendered, hey, guess what? I don't have a passion. You know what my passion is? Just how I show up as a person that I go around and sprinkle basically fairy dust, you know, with whoever I meet try to make the situation better. And that's my passion. I am my passion. And once I did that, once I gave up and surrendered the fact that like, I don't have to love my passions, not cooking, my passions, not gardening, whatever. Once I gave that up, it's like the universe just presented something even more magical and something even better than I could have ever expected. That's interesting. I love that because so many of us are like, oh, I should like cooking or I should like baking. And one of my partners here at my law firm has young kids and it was Christmas time. And she's like, am I a bad mom? I don't want to make Christmas cookies. And I'm like, no, you are a normal mom. No one wants to do that. Like it's been grossly oversold to us that this is what you do at the holidays. You know, you roll out the dough and you decorate it. And if that's your thing, that's your thing. But if you don't like to do that, you know, I said, do something you like to do, make that your tradition. Like you're not a bad person because you're not decorating cookies. I mean, for me, I become miserable and hostile when I bake. I don't want my kid to remember me making brownies, being angry and swearing the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we feel like, oh God, oh, we're terrible. We're not good enough if we're not doing these things. And I think it's so important for women to take a step back and say, Hey, if that's your thing, great. Congrats. But if it's not your thing, then there's all these other things you could be doing. Absolutely. You know, my first chapters of (laughs) (laughs) basically realized like, oh, my my life consists of doing things that like I don't actually want to do. And that's hard for some to accept, you know, like to to make that connection and to be like, why am I doing these things? But it's, it's honestly the consciousness of it to step one okay, what is it that you want to be doing now? Maybe all of us can't just like go out and like quit our job or whatever we're doing, right? It might can't be as drastic as that. But how could you incorporate something that you want to do? Like for me, it was like reading. I was like, I wanted to read, yet there was no time I thought for me to read. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how can you incorporate certain things and let go of some of the other things that you think you should be doing? Because I think that's really step one into reclaiming your power and allowing more passion into your life. So how does your life look different now after this four-year journey? You wrote a book, you had your, as Oprah calls, your aha moment driving from Costco. How does your life look differently now than it did prior to this inner quest? Yeah, so I would say fulfillment is probably the biggest word that comes to mind and also grounded. I used to feel very scattered, very cloudy, very anxious all day, every day. Again, I was successful. Somebody would probably look at me and not think that I had those qualities, right? Because I appeared differently. But underneath all of it, those were the feelings that I felt. And so I think the difference is really my fulfillment and my inner peace and like calmness that I have on a day-to-day basis and natural energy. I think for a high-wired woman, a lot of us push where like, we're type A, you're going to give us a task, whether we like to do it or not, and it's going to get done and it's going to be good. But (laughs) at the end of the day, how much energy are you exerting to do that? Right. At what cost? At what cost? And I think that's the difference that I noticed in my life right now. 
I'm not hustling anymore. It's total alignment and it produces natural energy to get things done. And that's amazing. So high-wire women, I mean, Lauren is like you and I. Lauren is a busy mom. She's a lawyer. She's got kids. She has a business. Lauren wrote a book. My God, that's impressive. <laughs> it, it can be done. We just have to get out of the societal criteria of you've got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to cut out the noise, you got to take the time. And I'm certain that Lauren's book, Reclaim Your Power, can help us all. And I'm super excited, especially now that I know the first chapter is called Oh, <laughs> that resonates. <laughs> that resonates with me. So Lauren, before we let you go and get back to your busy day, tell us how we can get this book. I know it's being published in August. Give us some more info about the virtual concert coming up in May. Tell me more because we'll put it all in the show notes. So we have all of our listeners ready to go when it's available. Awesome. I post weekly, sometimes bi-weekly on my Instagram account, which is mind muscle motivator with underscores under the mind and the motivator. And so there's an Indiegogo link that you can click on to short video about what my book is about. And it will tell you how you can become a VIP supporter that only will last for the month of April. And then come August, I'll have a new Amazon link where you can order my book off of Amazon, have it delivered to your door the next day. And it'll also be in bookshelves in September. Super exciting. And tell us about the virtual concert. What's that about? Yeah, so... uh, If you decide to be a VIP supporter, so most books, you know, cost around 20 bucks. The VIP supporter, you're getting a a larger package. So it's $39 for a signed copy of my book come August that I'll mail to you. And so it just includes other things. So you'll become part of a community where you'll get those motivational weekly messages, tools, tips on a regular basis until the book is published. It includes the virtual concert that you and your family can attend and the opportunity to win additional prizes. Well, great. Well, we're totally looking forward to that. And listeners, I will have all of that information in our show notes. So Lauren, before we let you go, what's your one thing that you can't live without? Like what is a non-negotiable, a product, a service? Tell us your one thing. What do you live for, man? I mean, it for me, it's coffee. I don't know why. It just brings me so much joy. I mean, it brings me energy too, but it's just something about the taste of it and making uh, it. It's just that such first sip. <laughs> the smell of coffee, that first sip. Oh, God. It is, I, I'm with you on that. There's nothing like that. I mean, I like a lot of things, but that's at the top of my list as well. So, yeah. well, listen, thanks for being here. We're so looking forward to the book. We'll probably have you back on at some point so you could tell us all how we can write a book because that's a whole yeah, other conversation. I'd love to. And thanks. So high wire woman until the next time, stay on that high wire.